in the last um, couple of weeks over here, we've talked about, one, the fact that God loves us. And we've talked about the fact that we need to love God. And if you, I said, for those who were not here, we have those recordings if you want them to make, be made available to you. But I've been saying that there are, not every truth in the Bible is the same, is of equal importance. All of it is God's word. All of it is inspired by God. But there are some things that are more important than others that are crucial, critical. Okay? And how do we know that? Well, somebody came to Jesus uh, and in Matthew chapter... In Matthew chapter 22, verse 34, 35 to 40, I'll read it here. It says, one of them that is an expert in the law uh, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your strength, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest Command, this is the, the first and greatest commandment. So Jesus didn't say, uh, well, all of them are the same, uh, that, that all the commandments are the same, just obey all of them. He clearly said that there was a first and a most important commandment. And that important commandment was you will love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. The number one. In other words, what Jesus was saying, if in terms of what is expected of us, in terms of what is expected of us, if you were to keep just one commandment in the Bible, it would be this commandment here, that you and I ought to love the Lord our God. It does not say you'll serve the Lord your God with all your heart, you'll work for the Lord your God with all your heart, uh, you'll minister with, for him with all your heart, it is you will love the Lord your God with all of your heart. That is, Jesus said, the most important commandment, number one. And he did say there was a second as well. Um, and I love that about Jesus and that when somebody asked him what is the most important, he did not just give him the first, he also gave him the second. Okay? And, he, and this is what Jesus says. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophet hang on these two commandments. So I think that very often we get lost in our priorities. Um, we start to focus and major on the minor, and then we fail in the major. Jesus said there was a first, and he said there was a second. And he said the second commandment, the second most important, is like the first. It is like the first in the sense that both have to do with love. Love the Lord your God and love your neighbor. Okay. And so I want to talk today. I'm going to focus today and try to hone in on that second commandment that the Bible talks about. So we all say we love the Lord. We all say um, we believe in him. We all say that, we all sing it, uh, that we love the Lord. We all, uh, uh, we all proclaim that we love him. 
But how do you know? How do you know that you love God? The Bible tells us how it's not by me raising my hand. It's not by me uh, uh, singing uh, songs of love to the Lord, although that is important. But the test that the Bible tells us, if I truly love God, one of the ways that I will know that is if I obey that second commandment to love my neighbor. How do I know I love God? I can't just say that I love him and so believe me. I know that I love my neighbor if I am, I know that I love the Lord if I am loving my neighbor, if I'm loving my fellow human being. And that's where things sort of get very, very practical. Okay. And so it's like a hundred dollar bill. A lot of truths in the Bible are like that, meaning that they have two sides. And how do you know that it is counter? feet it is it is if one of those two is missing i cannot say i love god if i don't love my neighbor if i don't love my fellow human being and i cannot say i love my fellow human being if i don't love god it is impossible and so jesus says that all the entire law and the prophets meaning the bible the word of god um hangs on those two commandments. It means that everything that I try to do, everything that I, whether I'm ministering, whether I'm talking to someone, whether I'm trying to, to help somebody, whether I'm trying to do whatever, I, I ought to evaluate it by these two most important criteria. Am I loving God? Am I loving my neighbor? Is this consistent, this thing that I'm trying to do here, is that consistent with loving God? Is that consistent with loving my neighbor? If the answer to that is no, something is wrong with that. Okay. And so during this time uh, that, we've been, that, that we've been in this quarantine with the coronavirus and all that, these are times when these two truths, I think, are being tested uh, more than anything else. People are finding out whether we truly love God or not. And we're also finding out if we truly loved our fellow human beings. It is easy, the Christian life is easy to live when the circumstances do not force you to live up to it. Okay, If I'm in a situation where I don't have to help somebody, I, I can say all I, I, I want that I love people. But then when the opportunity to help somebody arises and demands a sacrifice for, for me, then I'm tested as to whether or not I truly love people. I can say that I love God, but, and, and, and when we sing song, we say, you're all I want, you're all I ever needed, um, you're all I need. What well, we're finding out if that is true, now people are stuck at home alone. alone. This is a good thing time to test if truly Jesus is all you need because you love him so much, okay? It, the, the, this whole time has tested whether or not these two commandments here are true. If we love the Lord, do we love our neighbor? And so Jesus says this. This is in, John, in, this, this is in 1 John chapter 4, verse 20 to 21. 
This is the Apostle John. He says this, whoever claims to love God yet hates his brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. And he has given this command to us. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and their sister. The Bible says that if we, how do we know that we love the God whom we have not seen? By loving the brother and the sister whom we see. And that's important because um, it says here, the person for whoever does not love their brother or sister whom they have seen cannot. It said they cannot. It is not possible. It's impossible. It is not possible to say, I love God, but I'm not loving my neighbor. It's not possible. Jesus says you cannot. And so all every claim, and he says that if we then claim, well, I do love the Lord. But then you don't love your brother, your sister. You know what the Bible calls that person? The word here. That person is a liar. A liar. Un mentiroso. A liar. The Bible says that if a person says, I am loving the Lord. I love God so much. But they do not genuinely love their brother and sister. The Bible tells us for sure that person is lying. He may say that you love God. She may say that she loves, I can say that I love God. But if I do not truly love my brother, my sister, the people that I see, the Bible says I am a liar. A lying Christian. A lying believer in the Bible. A lying theologian. Uh, and a lying pastor. There is a, it is possible to even be a pastor. To even be a ministry. I've known people like that. They don't really love the people. It's just a job that they do. But deep inside to really care for the people of God, to really care for them as spiritual children, they don't have such a love. And the Bible says that person is a liar. And now, particularly, here's what it says. The person who does not love um, is, is who does not love his 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 brother or sister, whom he has seen, whom he has seen. That's in in verse um, that is in First John chapter four. That's verse the first twenty. And I want to say one thing: the Bible does say, admit here that we don't see God, but we know He is real. What we do see, it's like electrons. I've never seen an electron, neither have you. But we know they exist. We see the effects of them here. There's lights here in front of me. That's all electrons at work. Okay. We see the, so, we, we believe, so the Bible is not, is not bothered by the fact that we who believe in God haven't seen him with our physical eyes. If somebody ever comes to you and say, well, have you seen your God? What does he look like? Tell him, no, I don't need to see him. The Bible says he admits here we haven't seen him. However, the Bible says what we do see 
is our brother, is our sister. And the Bible says that the ones that we ought to love is the brother whom we have seen. What does that mean? It is easy in the Christian world. It is easy to love for me to love the Christians that I don't see. Okay. If I tell you, do you love the Christians in Madagascar? Everybody will say, of course, God bless them. God bless them. But I don't know any Christian in, 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 in Madagascar. So it's easy for me to say I love them. If I ask you, do you love the Christians? Um, let me pick a c- country that is unlikely that anybody will know. Do you love the, 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 the Christians in Moldova? I happen to know some believers there. But if, all of us would say, well, yeah, we love them. But what about the, but the Bible is saying that it is the brother whom you see. The one that you see. If you're sitting right now at home, it begins with the ones who are sitting next to you. Maybe your wife, maybe your husband, and your children. You ought to, the Bible says, you ought to love the brothers that you see. If you live with roommates, those are the people that you see. You ought to love them. It is the brother whom you see. You know the brother that's most difficult to love? It's the brother that you see. The one that's annoying to you. The one that talks too much. The one that gets in your way. The one that, you know, when we were able to meet in person who takes the seat that you like to take at church. It is the one who never stops to say hello to you, but seems to say hello to everybody else and avoids you. The Bible said that is the Christian that you ought to love. If you don't love that one, the one you see, the Bible says you're a liar. Okay. And this is where we have to be honest with ourselves, honest with our Christian life. You see, Jesus said something. He said this. uh, Wisdom is proven by its children. Meaning, you prove something by the fruit that it bears. Every tree bears that bears every good tree, Jesus said, bears good fruit. Every good f- tree bears good fruit. At the end of the day, you judge a tree by what it produces. So we can even have prayer meetings. We can pride ourselves in our theology. We can pride ourselves in our Bible knowledge. We can pride ourselves in our activities and all the th- great things that we do. But in the end, We have to ask ourselves, what has that produced? What has the fruit of that been? And I look for two fruits. Has it produced love for God? Has it produced love for my fellow human being? My theology can be pure and correct. I can even do miracles. I I I can pray for hours. I can fast for weeks. I can do all, all kinds of things, but in the end, I have to be honest and ask myself, what's all that producing? What is all that producing? Is it producing love for God? Is it producing love for my fellow brothers, my fellow sisters? In particular, the ones that I see. The ones that I can, uh, the, the, the ones that... I live with the ones that you work with, the ones that you see at church, the ones that I know you. 
who I start producing that kind of, of fruit. And um, I want to um, go now into I want to give us some practical just advice on the Bible tells us how we are to implement this, especially here during this time. Colossians chapter 3, verse 12, verse 12 to 17. I'm going to read it here. Uh, it says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly love, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you and if any of you has any has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgives you, forgive you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Love for our brothers, love for our sisters, bind all these virtues together. And then verse 15, let the peace of Christ rule over your heart, since as members of one body you were called to peace. Be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your heart. And whatever you do, whether in words or deeds, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. I just want to go through this as a set of advice to us as Christians, how to walk in love during this time. A couple of weeks ago, two or three weeks ago, um, I just, when we were here, I just, uh, on our online service, I just shared with everybody just some advice on how to live during this time. And it was from another passage, but a lot of it is captured here as well. And I'm just going to share a few of those with us. It says here, as God's people, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Kindness, com compassion, kindness, gentleness, humility, and patience. Now, these are things that have been in rare supply. Uh, it, it, that's been very rare these days. People are unkind, impatient, can't wait for things to reopen up. People are angry with the government, hang, angry with their neighbor, angry with the, with, the, with the people. Someone at the beginning of all this um, was yelling out because of a parking spot at the grocery store. Um, and I, I saw the rage, and that was six, more than six weeks ago. I don't know how that person is doing now. But is there, there, there's a lot of acrimony. There's a lot of uh, impatience, lots of roughness. For us believers, what does it mean to love one another and love our neighbor? During this time, it means showing kindness, 
showing compassion. What does compassion mean? It means sympathizing with people who are going through a difficult time. Kindness, doing acts of kindness to others. But I think the, 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 the most important one that I underlined three weeks ago and that I'm going to repeat again today, it just it said, clothe yourself with humility. Clothe yourself. This is not something God will do for us. God provides the clothing, we put it on. Clothe yourself with humility. When, a per when it says clothe yourself, what does that mean? The clothes that you wear is the things that people see when they see you. It is the thing that is covering you. It means that when people run into you, when people run into us as Christians during this time, this ought to be what strikes them, is the kindness, the compassion, the humility, the patience that we're showing to them. And now it says here, as God's chosen people, the Bible is not saying, is not expecting this of everybody. But it is expecting this of Christians, of believers, of you and of me. The world out there, people can get angry. People can get impatient. People can be insulting one another. But for us believers, it ought to be that when people see us, the clothing that they see over us, the clothing that they see over us, ought to be that we are clothed with humility, with compassion, with kindness, with gentleness, with patience. And whether that be that you are bringing, um, I, I, I made, um, there's two decisions that I made at the beginning of this for myself, not saying, um, this for everyone. I made two decisions at the beginning of this season. Number one, I wasn't going to live in fear. Um, not in an arrogant kind of way. Uh, Fanny, could I get that water bottle there, please? Thank you. So I made two decisions. Number one, I was not going to live in fear. I'm not talking about being reckless. I'm not talking about, I'm talking about taking precautions and doing whatever I can. But I would not live in fear because God does not call me to live in fear. Number one. Number two, I made, I made the other decision, which was that I do not believe that just because there is a virus, I am exempted. Now I get an exemption from showing kindness and showing love to my fellow human being. And so as safely as possible, taking all the measure that I can, uh, I know I'm making my mom really worried right now. <laughs> this is a problem where your mom is in the audience <laughs> watching. You know, taking all the measure that I can, I, I have helped people as I've, as I've felt that God brings them in my circle of responsibilities. 
whether that be going and dropping food at somebody's door or doing or calling people or, or doing whatever or helping somebody that who's, who's, old, who's old and for whom it's dangerous to get in public transportation, giving them a ride or something like that. I, I have tried as I feel the Lord leading me to help people. Once this whole thing is over, once and it will be over, I don't want to look back and simply say, oh, look how I kept myself free from the virus. Look how I, 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 um, I, I, I stayed virus free. I want to make sure I also stay selfishness free, that I also stayed uh, impatience free, that I also stayed pride free, that I also was able, that I was able to help someone and not be so caught up in my own survival that I forget that there are people around who do need help. And I don't know what a line is for you. You're, if you're a Christian, God will show you who you should help, who you should not, what the boundaries are for you. I know what they are for me. But this is a time for really Christians to come out with these clothes of kindness, clothes of humility, clothes of compassion. And here's the thing. What, is this binds, what binds all these things together? The Bible says here that it is love. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds all of them together in perfect unity. The distinguishing mark of a Christian is love. The distinguishing mark of a Christian is not even their theology. It is love. It is the fruit, if there is truly the life of God in them, that is growing and healthy. The outer fruit of it, the ultimate outer fruit of it, will be love. Love for God, love for my fellow human beings. And so the Bible says that God is love, and if we are his children, that is also what we will demonstrate to the world. The other thing that I want to tell, say to us here, number two, let the peace of Christ rule in your heart, since as members of one body you were called to peace. Be thankful. There ought to be, this is the time uh, for us to live in peace. There is a lot um, of worry out there. There is a lot of um, anxiety out there. There is a lot of acrimony out there. There is a lot of, uh, there, there's, Republicans fighting Democrats and conservatives fighting liberals and things like that. But as Christians, as believers, we ought to be people who promote peace. The Bible does say, blessed are the peacemakers. With those you live in, you see, in every home, there's something that, um, uh, there's something there's something that Jesus called a man of peace. Okay. He said to, when he sent his disciples, he said, when you enter a home, the first thing that you ought to say, peace be with you. Christians are supposed to be people who bring peace where they go. As much as it depends on us. That's what Jesus said when he sent his disciples. He said, first say, when you enter a home, peace be with you. I've said this a lot when people 
ask me for counseling or uh, sit down and talk to people, I always say the number one thing that you need in a home is peace. You can live without a lot of things. You can live without much money. You can live without, you, you can lose a lot of things. But peace is such an important thing to whether you live with your husband, wife, children, whether you live with roommates, whether you live but in whatever interaction, whether you're in a group serving people together as, as Christian in a ministry, peace is so important. And Jesus said, when you say peace be with you, if there is a man of peace in that house, your peace will stay. Meaning Jesus was saying there is such a thing in a home as someone who promotes peace. Now, I know that Christians, we do have Or a little bit uh, there. Am I all set? Keep going. Okay. Great. Uh, somehow I dropped off the dropped off the call. So I was saying that in every in every. You tell me what's the last thing that people heard me say? Yeah. So Jesus said that as as a Christian, yeah, we do we do have a message that sometimes uh, is a hard message. But our goal is not to divide people. Our goal is to bring peace. And the Bible says here, but that, and that peace has to, be, has, to begin, has to begin by ruling in our own hearts. Okay? There has to be this, there has to be that, it has to be that you and I, as we're walking with the Lord, the peace of God reigns in our hearts and we bring that peace to other people. Last, the third thing I want to say, very important here, let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your heart. And whatever you do, whether in word, in deeds, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly. And please listen to me on this part. I'm, a, I'm, I'm closing now. Um, you know, this is the worst time to be out there on social media 
even to some, and to a large extent, even news. This is one of the worst times to be caught up with that. Because what's been happening is that for a lot of believers, instead of the word of God dwelling richly within them, what's been, reaching, what's been uh, dwelling richly within them has been the hatred for one political faction or the other. It's been the, um, it, it, it's, it's been the whole acrimony that's going around. And even Christians are participating in that. And I want to say uh, one thing to you. See, this entire, uh, this entire year, I haven't sent one news article about political stuff to anybody. I have my opinions. I have my convictions. But I know what battle God calls me to fight as a Christian and which battles aren't mine. What I have sent to people, what I've shared to people has been the word of God. I've shared sermons with friends. I do that very frequently. I share sermons, Bible passages, things like that. To be, I've encouraged people to pray. But it hasn't been this. Uh, I, I want to say to you, what has been the subject of your conversation? Here's what the Bible says ought to be for Christians. This is a time to admonish, to teach one another. As you teach and admonish one another throughout the week, not, if, not just when we have a meeting, through psalms, hymns, songs, singing to God with gratitude in your heart. When's the last time you send a psalm, you send a Bible passage, you send the word of God to somebody? Have you been in the word of God? Is the word and the message of Christ dwelling richly within you? Or is it that all that you've been sending people has been about coronavirus and conspiracies and trying to fight over who's right, who's wrong, who's responding well, Republicans and Democrats and all that? Has that been all that you've been into? Or have you been sending people, here's the word of God, here's a word of encouragement. Here's an advice. Have you called somebody and say, hey, look, I'm just calling you to, to check, to make sure you're walking with the Lord. You're walking with Jesus. So I want to, I really do want to uh, emphasize that extremely important. You become what you eat. Okay, physically, the food we eat actually becomes the materials that make up our body. And spiritually, that is also true. The stuff you consume through your ears, through your eyes, they do something to you over time. It's either going to make you more Christ-like or less Christ-like. And so, and Jesus says here, the, the Bible says here in Colossians, you and I ought to encourage one another Make sure that what we're pouring into others is the clean, pure word of God and not anything toxic. And that is also what we're putting within us. We are in a different battles. We're children of God. We have different priorities. The world can be caught up with other things, 
but we ought not to be caught up with the stuff that the world is caught up with. One thing I want to emphasize here, it does also say, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And by the way, this means, Paul is speaking to Christians, saying forgive one another. It does mean that you will have a Christian, a Christian brother who will do something that you'll need to forgive them for. They'll say something that might offend you, but you ought to forgive them in the same way that Christ has forgiven you. These are some of the ways that we ought to love one another. I'm going to end with this one last verse here. Um, I began by saying that the priority that God has given to us, we love God, we love our neighbor. Jesus said the law and the prophets are summarized by those two. But Jesus told us that he came to bring us a new commandment. Okay? A new commandment. That new commandment is found in John 13, 34 to 35. A new commandment has give you love one another as I have loved you. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you're my disciple if you love one another. Jesus said this was a new commandment that he gave to us. Why is it new? The old commandment given in the Old Testament was you will love your neighbor as yourself. But Jesus said for his disciples, for Christians, he said you are to love one another as I have loved you. How did Jesus loved, love us? He loved us more than himself. He didn't love his neighbor as himself. He loved us more than himself. He gave his life for us. When it was his life or our life, he gave his. And Jesus says, that's what we ought to aspire to. That is what we ought to aspire to. Love one another as I have loved you. And he says, the world will know that you're my disciples, not by your theology. He's answer the world will know what you're my disciple, by how much Bible you know, not by how much you even pray. Said so the world will know that you're my disciple if you love one another, the brothers that you see, the sisters that you see, those you live with. They'll know you're my disciples if we Christians love one another. It's counterintuitive because you would think you would say, they will know that you're my disciple if you love them. But no, I said the whole world will know you're my disciple if we love one another. This is extremely important, folks. You know, um, I, I'm going to say this in closing here. This is not what I was planning to teach today. Um, I had planned something else. Um, I feel very bad for Jeff because I had sent them a, a different set of scriptures. But then in the morning, not long ago, I really just felt convicted by the Lord. No, that's not what you're talking about today. People how to love one another. The world will know that they are my disciples. They love one another. It's not if we go out there and we point out the finger at people and we try to be militant about our beliefs. 
They'll know we're his disciples if we love one another. Those are the two things, the two fruits that have to come out of our lives, out of our Christian life. We have to love God. We have to love our brother and sister. If we don't, the Bible says we're lying. We're kidding. There's no Christianity without that. There's no genuine Christianity without that. It ought to come down to that. As you go throughout this week, you make decisions. As you talk to people, please ask yourself, Am I, is this consistent with loving my neighbor? Is this consistent with loving God? And maybe there's a need for repentance in that. Maybe instead of loving your neighbor, instead of loving your brother, your sister, what you've really been doing is that you've been fighting with them. There's a need for repentance. May God help us. Uh, let me just pray real quick and I'll send us out. Father, I pray, Lord, that your word, Father, delivered, Lord, just so simply, Lord. Father, will yet convict us, God. I pray, Father, that somehow you will... Um, just give us the grace, Father, give us the grace during these days, Father, to be people who love, who love our brothers, who love our sisters, who forgive, who are clothed with humility during these days, Lord. Father, I pray that you would help us in Jesus' name. Amen.